0: Welcome to the Preacher's Podcast for Proper 7 in Year A. Today we are concluding a short series that we started a couple of weeks ago called The Holy Ministry. We are listening to Jesus uh, as he sends out his disciples, um, giving instruction, and also the apostles, as we'll be focusing on today, thinking about their ministry and how they have the privilege of proclaiming the word, which often is not received well yet God calls us and gives us strength to continue proclaiming that word. But let's save that for the moment and first introduce our participants today. With us are Pastor Peter Schlick from Eastside Lutheran in Madison, Wisconsin, and Pastor Phil Moldenhauer from Our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Madison, Wisconsin. We thank them for being with us as they have been throughout this series. And also with us today is Professor Sam Degner from the seminary. So thank you all for serving today. Uh, Peter Schlicht, let's start with you today. What is the unique emphasis of this final week in the Holy Ministry series?
1: Thanks, John. And again, appreciate you having me on the podcast. It is a privilege to be here. Uh, Our text is the the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. We're focusing on 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 8. And this is the the final week, the Holy Ministry Preaches Christ Despite Persecution, the the third and final week of the Holy Ministry um, series. Uh, From its birth, the New Testament church has been persecuted, whether it be the religious leaders in Jerusalem, whether it be the famous ways that the Christians were persecuted by the Roman Empire, whether it being lighted on stakes or meeting their end um, at the Claws of Lions in the Colosseum. And yet God's word continued to um, really explode. The, the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. And we think of Martin Luther's day, um, how the truth was tried to be, con- they tried to contain it. And yet, through the preaching of the word, the true preaching of the gospel, um, God was a mighty fortress for his people and his church continued to grow. And still today, persecution is a very, um, is a reality for Christians. Um, Every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Another 12 are arrested or imprisoned simply because they believe in Jesus Christ. And yet, uh, we often don't see that living in America. The devil perhaps persecutes us in less physical ways, more um, subtly and more deviously. He works to pull us away from from our Savior. And yet, um, we know that Jesus has promised us that persecution is part of life for a Christian. So today we're we're focusing on preaching, specifically uh, preaching Christ, preaching the scriptures despite persecution and looking forward to the coming of our Savior.
0: Thanks for that summary. Um, Phil Moldenhauer, could we hear in that context um, a quick synopsis of the gospel and the first reading today? We'll be focusing then on the uh, second reading for our sermon text. But could could you remind us of the gospel of the day and the first reading? Yeah. The uh, the appointed gospel is
2: from Matthew 10. So that's square in the, the, actually, I guess it's towards the end of the second big discourse in Matthew's gospel, the second of the five. And this is the one that is specifically addressed as Jesus has named the 12 and is sending them out. And um, the appointed text then includes just a, a portion of Matthew 10, verse five, that is Jesus is going to, he's saying this to the disciples and, but it jumps ahead to 21 through 33 and it's, it's um, not the cheeriest of gospels. It's a reminder by Jesus of the sobering reality that, that um, this world is in bondage to sin and rebellion against God and that uh, therefore there are many who are going to oppose the name of Christ and that those who would take Christ on their lips should expect to be persecuted. Uh, um, so in verse 24, Jesus says, the student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master, something that's embodied in St. Paul's life that we'll want to keep maybe that thought in mind as we, we talk about uh, Paul's closing words to Timothy and in, in the letter today. But Jesus then, uh, he turns around and gives this great encouragement that we need not be afraid. Uh, only the body can be killed, which which proves the ultimate futility of those who oppose Christ and his name, since uh, uh, Christ holds the keys to death. Killing the body is no big deal um, at all for him. And uh, and then he's got that wonderful promise that even the sparrows outside are inside the, the realm of the father's care and, and you and I are worth more than many sparrows. And mm-hmm. uh, the gospel closes then with, with Jesus, uh, his words to confess him before others and with the promise then that he will also confess uh, those, uh, those who confess his name before the father in heaven. So that's the gospel setting the, the tone for the day. The first lesson from Jeremiah, we recall Jeremiah, uh, obviously a, a persecuted prophet and it's uh Jeremiah twenty verses seven through thirteen, and has the as Jeremiah is facing this persecution, has the lovely promise: "The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior,
0: so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail." Yeah, thank you for that summary. Uh, The Jeremiah reading just um, for me illustrates the uh, the roller coaster, the up and down. Um, You see, kind of both extremes as Jeremiah wrestles with uh, the. The internal compulsion God has put there to preach the word, but also the external uh, persecution he faces, but goes back to the Lord for strength. Uh, well, then let's get into our sermon text for the day, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. Sam Dagner, could you uh, just get our discussion going, highlight whatever you'd like in that text as we think about it in the context of this theme for the day, the holy ministry preaches Christ in spite of persecution.
3: Sure, thank you. This is is one of the books I have the privilege of teaching here at the seminary. Um, maybe some context. So uh, Paul's last letter that uh, we have in scripture, he's in, in prison in Rome. It's a different situation than it was the first time. Uh, the first time he was in prison, he had a little more freedom. Maybe you would call it house arrest. Um, uh, people see, a lot of people seem to have been with him. Uh, he wrote letters from, from there. The second time he's, uh, um, he's mostly alone, he says. Uh, he has had one hearing, and it, it didn't go well. He knows that his time is short, uh, and uh, probably late late 60s AD, probably under Nero is when he's going to be martyred. Um, his letter, it's a, it's a, you know, the first letter to Timothy was personal, this one even more so. He's building on some of the things that he had written to Timothy in the first letter, but um, uh, in a much more personal way, knowing that his, his time is probably coming to a close on this earth. There's a lot of contrast in the letter between them and, and you. So this is what false teachers are doing or people in the world. And this is how you should be. But you, Timothy, this is how you should uh, teach. This is how you should act. And I think you have some of that in this last part of the letter. So the, we probably should just mention the verses that come right before chapter four. Uh, some of the well-known verses at the end of chapter three uh, about uh, about scripture, God breathed, and what it's useful for, uh, something that Timothy, uh, by God's grace, had known since he was a, an infant uh, from his mother and his grandmother. Um, it, it's interesting when Paul starts that section, so I'm looking at uh, chapter 3, verse 10, he, he says, Timothy, you know how what my ministry was like, including my persecution. And Timothy knew that from, from the very beginning. If uh, it's It's likely that Timothy met Paul on his first swing through Lystra, uh, remember how, how that ended with Paul being stoned. And so from the very beginning, he knew Paul as a preacher of the gospel, and that means persecution comes with it. And so from the very beginning now to the very end, uh, Paul had faced persecution all along the way, and Timothy had seen that, sometimes been a part of it, uh, will end up in prison himself. Uh, so there's a, a, a strong connection, not just in these words, but in the, in the context then that, that comes behind them. Um, but in the middle of it all, then, is the 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 steadfastness that comes from God's word, right? So Paul uh, highlights the power of the scripture, what it's useful for in us, and then in the people that we're ministering to, uh, the importance of of staying in it, uh, and then the importance of just carrying on the work that's been given. I guess the, the way I see this uh, this text, you have some hints of persecution in the verses that come right before it, and then at the end, again, being poured out like a drink offering, but... In the middle, what what, what should we, we do? Uh, we stand fast in in the word and in the work that's been given to us. Um, it, you know as I've been uh, summarizing that, uh, and we, we talked about that right right before uh, uh, starting to record here, uh, I, I realized that a lot of the things I said sound like they're being spoken to pastors who of course are listening to this podcast, but uh, as I was studying this, I, I, I was you know thinking of all the ways I apply these verses to my students. I was thinking, uh, about if I were preaching these verses to to pastors, uh, just like Paul was writing to a pastor. but the the challenge for for my brothers listening is um, that you're you're not preaching these to pastors. so how do you how do you preach these words which are uh, really about the the public ministry, uh, the holy ministry? how do you preach those to your people? And uh, I know that uh, the guys with me on the podcast have thought about that and talked about it, so I'd, I'd be curious to hear some uh, some of their thoughts
0: yeah, that's a great question and um, that's a topic that has come up um previously in this series but uh Phil or Peter would you like to just share some of the thoughts that um have come to your mind as we've wrestled with that question how do you preach these texts that focus on the public ministry uh from uh, a public minister to his people um thoughts on that or uh, yeah hints, I mean, hints for Sam go ahead Phil
2: I guess. Uh, this text in particular it because especially I'm looking at verse uh, verses three and four, it does actually bring the people in you know that so so Timothy's charge is to preach the word and yet it's contrasted with people who won't endure sound teaching so I think there's a little bit of a handle in the text here for us to to um you know kind of keep both in view but yeah, and I don't think it's wrong either to um, remind people of the blessing that God has established in, in the ministry. And and um, he Saint Paul really he starts this out with this this um, oath. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus that he's saying this is no joking matter. And it you know it's not. And I think it's a good reminder for our people that that um, wherever God and His Word goes out in this world. He's going to send his army of, of preachers to be there to preach the word and, and nothing's going to stop that, you know, not even the gates of, of Ares can prevail over this church and certainly not, it's not going to stop the preaching of the word. So I think that, I don't think that's wrong to draw those, um, those, those conclusions and point people to the, those kinds of blessings. I mean, if you are an old, if you're really an old pastor and you're wrapping up your ministry, maybe you're going to focus a little bit more on, on, uh, the last verses here, sure. um, I guess I'm not at that point, so I can't speak to that, but um, I think it's a neat thing to be able to say, yeah, I've kept the faith, you know, at the end of the day, that's what counts. I've kept the faith and finishing the race. And
0: yeah. Right. Uh, thank you for those thoughts, Peter, some additional ones.
1: Yeah. So kind of just continuing on Phil's good thoughts there for certainly the warning that's, that's there. Um, why are people turning aside and obviously our people are going to be um, Filled with those same, that same temptation, that same itch, and also then this sort of bookend um, intensifying aspect of the coming of of God, who is our judge, and that is something that all people will stand before God as judge, and um, all of our people um, should have should be listening to hear um, that we are preaching, you know, to to discern that we are preaching the word. That we are teaching sound doctrine, and um, all people should keep the faith despite persecution. So I do think there are, we um, yeah, have a lot of good ways to to hit um the average person in the pew, um, as well as make some, you know, keenly distinct applications to, the pastoral ministry.
2: Right, Phil. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about this even a little more. This is actually this is a really good text to to. Um, um, point this out, you know that the the people who aren't not going to endure sound teaching are not themselves without teachers they're just looking for other preachers and i and I think about that um the think about how popular podcasts are you know podcasts are popular preaching right what's what's filling people's ears so there's always you know human beings being what we are we're always turning to to someone else and looking to to them to shape and and uh, influence our life so I think that there's a really good uh, use, you know, this text right here really suits itself well to saying that. So, you know, I guess, uh, Sam, you know, the, like I think what you're thinking is is right. We don't want to misapply the charge that's given to Timothy as if this is, you know, I mean, obviously every Christian has the opportunity to to share uh, the word of God, but not everyone is called to publicly preach um, so that we don't want to make those kinds of, you know, cross those wires, but yeah.
0: right. But at the same time, make uh, show how the text is relevant to the people in the pews in addition to the pastors who are preaching it, right? Right. Sam, does that answer some of the, the questions you were thinking? Uh,
3: any follow-ups
0: there? Or is that...
3: No, I appreciate helpful? it. I, I appreciate the thoughts. There's plenty in here for uh, pastor and parishioner alike.
0: Great. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, other facets of the text. Um, what do you see as you're preaching law from this text um, and addressing problems, uh, sin problems or malady in the text? What are you pointing to or what types of things might a preacher highlight? Peter?
1: So with this one, I think of the, um, again, the the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. And if that was true for for Timothy, uh, certainly the time is, we're still in that time now. And then I also thought it was kind of a nice way to kind of um, point out that it doesn't say to suit their own um, intellect, um, but it's to suit their own desire, that ultimately a turning away from the word is um, an, uh, not a result of um, the Spirit's work in your heart and you just decided, you know what, I don't want to believe this because it doesn't make sense to me or something like that. It's, it's ultimately going after a sinful desire. And um, that itch, right? Part of that itch, and then ultimately turning aside to myths. Um, sometimes we'll, we're willing to believe a lot of things um, besides the gospel. And I think, kind of pulling on that string a little bit, right? We we like to think that we're we're mainly uh, directed by what we think, but it's really our our heart, right? It's our desire that that drives our actions. And then um, I also think about. Uh, why do we want to keep this sound doctrine why do we why is it so important um, for our people to say well it's because ultimately god is coming and god is the king he's the righteous judge it's his kingdom and i think of pulling in jesus one of that one verse right from jesus said right uh, fear the one who right um, is both in charge of of um, body, body and soul body and the soul right is this the one that I'm, I'm concerned about or am I more concerned about what I want to hear, what I'm doing? I think there's a, some really a, a lot of ways that you could, I guess, really turn the screws pretty hard when it comes to law. And I think maybe being careful, too, not to sound like you just have to listen to me, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, the very, very sharp ways that you could prick consciences and really kind of convict by saying not only do we turn to our own desires or itching ears, but we do this so foolishly when the king is literally on his way, when God is coming. And there's a lot of, that's how I would take the law.
0: Thanks for that. Uh, Phil, additional thoughts?
2: Okay, so yeah, so that um, casts this text within the, the realm of the third commandment, that we shouldn't despise preaching or God's word regarded as holy, gladly hear and learn it. That And that, that um, explanation to the third commandment presupposes that there is sound preaching, so uh, yeah, Peter, I'm i really I like all of those emphases. I don't think it's out of place here again, kind of talking about this dynamic that we already discussed. To to say this is why the work of a, of a preacher is is so important, and that it it merits this charge that Saint Paul should give, and that therefore uh, we should pray for our preachers that they would they would carry that out so that there is good preaching to hear. You know, I mean, I think that there's some. Um, there's some good law applications that we can make to ourselves. You know, this is serious work. Have I treated the work as a joke? You know, have I have I um, uh, not thought about that seriousness? That that um, here I am preaching words that uh, will, uh, Lord willing, prepare people to stand before the the throne of judgment, and and that therefore um, it deserves my my best. Um, have I used God's word properly? Have I decided that there are times and seasons when it's not a, a worthwhile, you know, is, mm-hmm. is this is an out of season time um, or a good time or a bad time or whatever that. So, I mean, I think there are, you know, again, like Sam said, I mean, if you're preaching this in a pastor's conference, you know, you're going to jump right to those and you probably don't want to spend the whole sermon doing that. But I think that, that um, even just balancing those two halves of the third commandment, uh, you could hit both in a, in a reasonable
1: fashion. I think if you do touch touch lightly on that one at least too, that would probably go a long way in your people hearing when you do address the law to them specifically too.
0: Yeah, so something for preachers and uh, listeners to consider when it comes to uh, malady or law preaching here in this text. Uh, additional thoughts, uh, Sam.
3: I think it's interesting how you you know he says people won't put up with sound doctrine, they won't endure it, they won't bear it anymore, and. Uh, I think you can think of examples, uh, maybe as pastors, uh, members that you've seen, or or friends that you had, or even in your own life, where you know people are willing to put up with sound doctrine that that kind of chases against their uh, their way of thinking, uh, maybe for for a time, if it's um, if it's what's expected of the people around them in society, let's say, or. Uh, you know, if uh, their 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 wife uh, is keeping them coming to church, and okay, I'll put up with this or something like that. But when 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 those things are taken away, so like in our in, in well in our society, when you, you don't have to you don't have to follow that way of thinking anymore because there are plenty of other more appealing options and other people who will scratch the the itch that you have in your ear. Uh, or you know, in families, mm-hmm. when you see maybe a, a family start to drift apart or a marriage or something, and then all of a sudden there's no need to bear that or put up with that, that sound t- doctrine anymore. I think uh, maybe it's a, mm-hmm. m- maybe it's a reminder that the seed of that, of that sin of, you know, not being satisfied with, with, uh, with sound doctrine, it's, it's, it's there. Uh, it's there in our sinful heart. It's already there. And uh, sometimes it's other things that happen that maybe really cause it to germinate and grow, but it's, it's there. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, Peter mentioned the, uh, to suit their own desires, that phrase there. Maybe is that kind of related to that seed that you're speaking of, yeah, Sam? Mm-hmm.
3: I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was going to say something about verse 5, to the, the response then. And, and this would apply to preachers, uh, uh, but uh, I think in some ways to our people, too. Um, and, and this would be a different, so, uh, you know, this is, uh, would be a kind of a different malady, I guess. Um, and uh, so maybe a different direction with the sermon, but we had talked about this a little briefly offline. Off um, persecution is definitely something that happens to Christians today, as Peter reminded us, and it does happen in, in our, where we live here in 21st century America too, not on the same scale as it does in other places or, or it did with the Apostle Paul, but uh, we can also develop the wrong kind of reaction to it, you know, kind of victimhood, Um, and uh, it's interesting what Paul says to do. So what do you do when people are gathering teachers around them and they want to hear something else? They don't want to listen to what you have to say. Um, Circle the wagons, uh, fight back, give up, play the victim card. No, Uh, he says, just keep, keep doing what you're called to do. Keep your head, put up with the hardship, do evangelism. Uh, and just keep doing faithfully the things that you've been called to do in your ministry. It's a good reminder for, for us as preachers, uh, but also for, for our people mm-hmm. in a world that really is hostile and becoming more hostile to them. Yeah. You do, you keep doing the things that God's called you to do, rallying around, around God's word.
0: Right in the in the midst of persecution, it is so easy. Uh, you know, I think of the Jeremiah uh, reading there to just kind of crash and be ready to to throw in the towel. Um, uh, right, or it's adopting that the persecution martyr complex type
3: of thing. Us versus them.
0: Us versus them. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. But they're winning. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. No, right. No. Keep your head. Um, the Lord is still with you. Um, and that maybe is a good segue into getting into kind of the gospel promises that we might highlight based on this text. Um, what uh, would you suggest for preachers for uh, unique ways of preaching the gospel from this text? Peter?
1: So kind of going off of, um, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Professor Degner's malady was just talking about here, but if, if we took the malady, um, from before a little bit because i do think there's a great way to talk about the, keeping your head in those situations um, as not something that you couldn't bring in um, but hopefully a little both of them but the malady to talk about the how people follow their desires away from pure word and at the end he talks about how the judge on the final day will uh, award that crown of righteousness to all who have longed right desired for his appearing and why would we want to see the Lord, right? Wow. We should not long for his appearing um, except for Jesus Christ. Um, and so because of what Christ has done for us, well, we have the Holy Spirit has created us new hearts with new desires, right? We long for his appearing. And as then fruit of that, right? We wish to hear his pure word, right? And it tastes good to us. and And then kind of going on from there into application, but kind of using that, um, people are turning away to suit their own desires, but because of Christ, we long for his appearing and act in accordance mm-hmm. with it. It's kind of the gospel key, if you will.
0: So we can long for his appearing because we know we are righteous and have that new status in his sight and uh, and therefore uh, long to see our king again. Uh, additional thoughts, gospel in this text, Phil? Yeah, again, just that God arranges
2: for there to be preaching. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, again, you know, keeping circling this theme of people being uh, turned away and that the, the charge is to preach the word, to correct, rebuke, and encourage. And our sinful flesh, I don't think is inclined to see correction, rebuke as, as um, a great thing. But as in our work as pastors, I mean, this is, it's, it has to be done out of love, love for the soul. I think it was Dietrich Bunhafer who said that a pastor has to love his people enough to risk them hating him. You know, by which he means to say that the pastor doesn't pull back law punches because he's he's looking at the big game here. And I mean, just to think about that—that that, that ultimately is an act of God's love. That there should be somebody in our life who loves us enough to say, no, this is not a good path. Don't go down that path. This is going to lead to death and destruction." Um, and uh, you know, I think that that kind of segues into all the nice thoughts that Peter said, and that this crown of righteousness, and and the fact that we long for His appearing, that the. This, the content of this preaching, I mean, the alien work of, of preaching is to preach the law, but but the we get to the heart and core of it, and the reason why we do that alien work is to point people back to Christ and and to make them their hearts
0: beat law and long uh, desire Him to come. Right. So, the the gospel cultivates that attitude, that longing in their hearts as well. Um, uh, so uh, we talked about uh, kind of law, gospel, um, I think we've touched on a number of application points here too. Uh, is Are you thinking the main purpose of this sermon is to um, encourage, I guess we've, we've brought up a couple of options here, uh, encourage listeners to value the preaching that they are hearing in, in encouraging preachers, um, or maybe it's the preacher kind of preaching to himself on this Sunday, to uh, be encouraged by God's exhortations here. Um, what do you see as the kind of the main purpose of a sermon or what uh, do you encourage preachers to kind of make as their goal as they work with this text and and um, proclaim it to their people? And maybe we, we could say things we've mentioned already too. Uh, Phil? I guess I'm just thinking this through.
2: And uh, yes, the persecution we face is not the kind of like putting people on at, you know, burning them at the stake or anything like that. But if, if uh, it's true that we live in a disrupted age and that there's, you know, there's all sorts of stuff floating around there. I think that the, you know, the application is to say, this is, is pretty awesome that we have God's word and this is this great rock on which we can build our lives. I mean, I guess that's just what I think is like amidst all of the noise, you know, to push all of that to the side to keep your head. Yeah. You know, and, and to to keep eyes fixed on Jesus, I think that's it's really neat. It's a it actually makes it a, a good season to be a pastor, and it makes it a good season to be a Christian. You know, we have mm-hmm. we have something that I think is actually appealing to people who have been burned by the lies of Satan in our society. You know, and 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 we will they will hear it if we are if we keep our head and we don't go down you know the the wrong wars or become uh, roads or become warriors or whatever. You know, yeah. Great. Peter?
1: Yeah, to, to Phil's point about the persecution, I do think it is good to talk about the persecution that happens um, outside of America. And then to speak um, more specifically about what takes place in America. I sometimes think of it as persecution in other parts of the world where it's physical, as like the devil's sort of robbing the bank. You know, he's, he's in there with a the mask on, he's pointing the gun at the teller and saying, you know, give it to me, give me the money um, or else. And I think in America, it's more like someone who who takes your credit card online and steals mm-hmm. money from your bank account that way, where you need to be vigilant and aware because it's easy to be deceived. And uh, there's the type of persecution that that pulls us away, like, you know, like, a, like slowly, like wave after wave, doesn't yank us off of the, the bedrock of God's truth, but, you know, mm-hmm. slowly pushes people off. And I see that that maybe type of persecution here in in this text specifically from second timothy 4. this all of us you know people don't wake up one day and say you know what i don't like god's word but over time they say you know what i'm not going to put up with this this bigoted teaching and there's a better there's i have a desire for this and this suits my this suits me better right how, how american is that phrase today um so i think talking about the kind of persecution that is more subtle more um, perhaps more more appealing to our desire and maybe more based on our reputation rather than our physical life um, is is the that's going to speak to the people and help them to be aware help them to keep their head
0: yeah good thoughts for application kind of depicting uh, here is the persecution that we are facing and being aware of it, um, right? And our, our own desires are the kind of the traitor, our old sinful desires, the traitor within that wants to cooperate with those forces around us too. Um, great. Um, thoughts maybe uh, regarding a theme or uh, ideas that you have had or concepts you're working with in terms of a theme or proclaiming this text um, and bringing things together in that way. Ideas that you can share with preachers Um, Peter, go ahead.
1: I'll go first. So I'm kind of continuing my, from the, from the previous two weeks, I had sort of a format that I was following. So the first one was because the Lord knows he calls with Moses because the Lord cares he sends, uh, last week. And then for this week, um, I said because the Lord comes, we preach. And I say we, as in pastors or the church in general, not everybody, um, but because the Lord comes and then we have that sort of, that book ending of the text. And if you wanted to do this sort of sequentially, he comes, this is life or death situation. Um, it's worth staying to his word, kind of talking about the persecution there and then the preaching, um, both seeing it as the gospel and making sure to guard it and to hear it correctly. So, uh, mm-hmm. also I think that maybe that the preaching, there's so many ways to a- apply that and to ask for, um, ask for the congregation's prayers that you would continue to um, do the work of evangelists to discharge the duties of the ministry faithfully Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the Lord comes, we preach was my idea for the theme.
0: Okay. Great idea. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us of your uh, previous two weeks themes. If you want to kind of coordinate those together uh, that's a great way to do that. Um, Any other ideas for kind of bringing a central thought uh, before your people?
3: Sam? I don't have a theme idea, but I just want to emphasize something Peter just said, that this is an opportunity, I think, to, to show your people how we preachers and we uh, parishioners are on the, same, we're on the same team, right? And mm-hmm. so the, the way that we apply this, um, we, we, there are ways that uh, we, we can, uh, as we're faithful, we are a blessing to our people, and as they're faithful, mm-hmm. they're a blessing mm-hmm. to us. This text allows us to bring some of those things out.
0: Yeah, to show that kind of beautiful design the Lord has for uh, supporting one another, blessing one another. Um, Through his church, he calls uh, preachers, uh, and through preachers, he uh, proclaims word, administers his sacraments for the benefit of his people, who then in turn support uh, the preachers, right? I mean, it's just a a beautiful mutual relationship. Um, That would be a great opportunity to bring that out, point that out. Good. Good. All right. Uh, any additional thoughts to share with preachers as they work with 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8? All right. Well, if not, then let's wrap it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Sam, let's get one more in there.
3: It's <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, when you're preaching, you're always looking for uh, pictures that you can bring out of the text, right? Yeah. And so uh, you, you have so many of them in this one uh, that uh, a lot of ways to make it vivid. The itching ears thing is one. A lot of them in verses 6, 7, 8. Uh, Right, the drink right. offering, so whether uh, there's maybe debate about that, whether Paul is, um, you know, it's a picture of death, of blood being poured out, or uh, the, uh, like Numbers 15, the drink offering was the final stage of the sacrifice, uh, so mm. kind of thinking mm-hmm. of his whole life in ministry as one big sacrifice uh, offering to the Lord, and this is the last stage. Uh, the departure, the literally the un- unloosing, um, pulling up the stakes of a tent, or uh, untying a boat to sail off, uh, his departure, the, the good fight, probably some kind of an athletic contest in mind there, finishing the race, um, keeping the faith, and then you get that crown of righteousness. Um, just so many cool pictures that are there. I think uh, that uh, there's a wealth of imagery that the preacher could, could rely on.
0: Right, right. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm a pastor, I'm probably singing Fight the Good Fight uh, on this Sunday to go with uh, the imagery there and those closing verses of the text. But uh, but yeah, I, I would encourage preachers to uh, have a plan so that, um, you know, you could easily take one of these images and just go with it. Um, have a plan so it, it fits into the overall uh, main point of your sermon too. And of course. Um, Beautiful ways to do that in the context of Paul's ministry and how he frames this closing encouragement to Timothy as Paul nears the end of his race, uh, just kind of heightens the the importance, I think, in uh, to Paul, that the word continue to go out um, through Timothy and every other preacher after him, too. Um, for the, the blessing uh, of God's people and reaching more and more and more souls as they do the work of evangelism. Um, all right, well, I'll leave it there for preachers to uh, consider uh, everything that we've said and uh, and let these spark your own additional thoughts. God bless you, preachers, as you continue in season and out of season preaching the word faithfully.